me. Uh, let's go into Romans chapter 5. And this will kind of be the springboard of what we'll be working off of tonight. You know, sometimes there's messages that we can say and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great revelation or it's, it's a great knowledge. But this, this message that I'm sharing with you tonight is a message that I live by. It's a message that, that I've experienced that's something that is my principle of life, if you will. And so I'm sharing from my heart. Amen. So in, in Romans chapter 5, it says this. It says, and let me, uh, actually, let me back up the verse, starting in verse 2. It says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of, of the glory of God. And not only that, but that we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And that perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And, and what I want to f- focus on is, is, is in verse 3. It says that we can glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. How many of you have had some problems in your life? <laughs> had some tribulations, had some trials? Yeah, I can put up both my hands and both of my feet on that one, right? And so, so it's what do we do and, and how can we maximize those experiences? How can we allow those things to develop character in our lives? How can we allow those things to uh, build that fortitude in our lives that we need? We really need that fortitude to be able to keep on going forward, keep on doing what God's called us to do. In, in Hebrews 10, 36, it says this. It says, we have need of endurance so that after we have done the will of God, we will receive the promise. So Jesus is telling us that we have need of endurance. If, if we have need of it, it means something that we've got to go after. It means it's something that we've got to be able to develop. There's a, an ability to be able to develop it on the inside of us. So we have need of endurance in our personal lives, in in our church, we have need of endurance, that after we've done the will of God, we may receive the promise. There's trials and there's tribulations and there's all kinds of things that come against us, but we gotta keep pressing through so that we can receive the promise. So what do we do? Endurance, we know that it builds character. We know that a character-shaping test, if we think about it, it usually comes through those who are close to us, right? Iron sharpens iron. Those that are really close, they, they, they know our rough edges, if you will. And, and that's so imperative that we have close relationships in our lives. Because if we don't have close relationships, if we don't have people that we can trust, if we don't have people uh, that's very near to us, we can hide our weaknesses and it never gets dealt with. Then it's a, it's a character flaw within us. It's a, it's a character weakness within us, if you will. And God desires that our character be built. God desires that we have relationships that are strong that will help us. Lord, the Lord has never called us to walk alone. He's always called us to work together. A threefold cord is not easily broken. That we are meant for relationship. In ministry, we are meant to minister together. In a church, we are meant to be a family and work together in a family. I like this in 2 Corinthians 12. I'm going to go through a few scriptures and then I'll begin to explain this. I'm just trying to lay a foundation here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says this. Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Now, we can use basically perseverance and endurance is basically it's interchangeable. 
And that's what I, I really want to just focus on, developing that endurance, developing that perseverance on the inside of us. And you notice, if you notice this verse, I, I, I thought it was so interesting. Truly the signs of an apostle. How many of us believe in the apostolic ministry? Amen. The, the signs of the apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Notice that the first thing, the first mark that Paul notes of an apostolic ministry is not miracles, but it's actually perseverance. Usually we tend to think, which is it's absolutely true, that an apostle is one where signs and wonders follows. Absolutely. But you notice the first thing he notes, he says the, the evidence of the apostolic ministry is perseverance. Is the, the true apostle is one who hangs on when everyone else gives up. Is the, the true apostle is the one who keeps on pressing through, pressing through the resistance. That that is the, a mark of an apostolic ministry is one that's not willing to back down, not willing to give up. But to keep pressing through, keep pressing through adversity. Adversities come, trials come, spiritual warfare comes, opposition comes. But the apostle, the apostolic ministry will stand and keep standing and keep pressing through until they get breakthrough. That's why it's called a breakthrough anointing. We break through. We continue to break through. Pressing in, pressing on. That's the, uh, that is the mark of an apostolic ministry. Don't give up. Jesus is with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah. What is endurance? Let's think about it. I know uh, Doug uh, does some running. I don't know, uh, endurance running maybe. You know, and what, so what is, what is endurance? Let me just give you some words uh, just to kind of help you formulate that. It's to exercise for relatively long periods of time. Uh, endurance is fortitude. Endurance is the ability to last, to continue, to remain it reminds me of a, a commercial in America. We have a battery called the Energizer. And we had the Energizer bunny, right? And the bunny goes around, and what does it say? It keeps going and going and going, and all the other little bunnies with the other batteries falls down. But the Energizer bunny keeps on going. Well, it's a bit like that, is that you have the ability to keep pushing on past resistance. You have the ability to keep standing. The Bible says something about that. When you've done all that you know to do, keep standing. When you've done all that you know, you just keep standing, you keep pressing in. And so we have, the Bible says in, in Hebrews 10, 36, that we have need of endurance. So if we have need of it, it's something we need to pay attention to. It's something that we need to be able to develop in our lives. Why do we need endurance? Well, it says this in Hebrews 6, verses 11 and 12. It says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those through faith and patience or endurance inherited what had been promised. So that we, we need endurance so that we don't become lazy. How easy it is to become lazy. Come on. It's much easier to be lazy than it is to work. It's, you know, we can, we can have a certain momentum in prayer. We can have a certain momentum in going to church and, and doing all that we know to do and pressing in. And, and it's a great season. And then, you know, we begin to know the Lord a little bit better. We become a little bit more comfortable in the things of God. And then, we, oh, well, I know the word. I don't need to pray so much anymore. Oh, you know, I know the Bible. I don't need to read. I, I don't need to read it every day, every other day. And then it becomes into every two days and then every three days and then every... Once a week, and then every other week, and then once a month, and then before you know it, we're not doing anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
You know, I mean, I'm just being real. Can I be real tonight? Is that okay? Yeah? You know, so, so he's saying we need endurance so that we do not become lazy. We cannot, we've got to keep on. There's always got to be a press about our lives. We've got to be standing or moving forward. If we're not standing or moving forward, we're going backwards. We don't want to go backwards. We want to keep on going forward. We want to keep on pressing in so that we may have the promises of God. Amen. And so I want to, what I want to do, I've, you know, try to lay a bit of a foundation. I want to share some keys with you that I think will really help you in, in how to increase endurance in your life, how to uh, stay focused on the prize that is ahead of us, how to stay focused on the things that God has for us. And so I want to look, and uh, I'm going through a lot of scripture, but let's go into Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, and it says this in verse 23. And this is talking about Barnabas, and there was a, there was a move of God in, in, the, in the church in Antioch. And it says in verse 21 that the hand of the Lord was, was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. In verse 23, it says this. It says, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. And so that's the part, that's the first key that I want to share with you tonight as far as how do we increase our endurance? Is that we must have a purpose in heart or a wholehearted commitment unto the Lord without any reservations, without holding back anything, but giving our hearts 100% to the Lord. 100%. If we, if we look in the scripture, I, I began to study it out a bit more. And, and you notice where it says he encouraged them that with the purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. That word purpose is, if we begin to examine it a bit more, it's a Greek word called prothesis, which, which basically one translation of that is, 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 a, is a bringing forth. So it's a bringing forth of our heart unto the Lord, a giving our heart to the Lord. But another definition of it says this. It's, it says it's the showbread. Now, how many of you are familiar with the Old Testament, right? The, there's, the, there's the showbread that was, that was uh, consecrated and placed into the, into the temple of God. And so literally, the, the, the showbread was, was placed, and there was 12 showbread that was placed on the table that each of them represented one of the tribes of Israel. And why they placed those breads in there was something to represent each of the tribes that they are completely consecrated, completely dedicated to the Lord. That they're saying, God, we, we, we put this here on the behalf of our tribe, on, on behalf of our people, that we will serve you without reservation, that we are consecrated, we've set ourselves aside unto you, that we've, we've dedicated our life to you, we accept you as our God. So if, if you will, it was, it was like an offering when they placed it into the temple. It was like they took the bread and, and they, they lifted it up to the Lord and said, you are our God. You are the one that we serve. You are, we are lifting up our hearts. We're not holding them back. We're not, well, okay, Lord, you can have a piece of it, but you're not going to have all of it. They're saying we, we lift it up where the Lord can see all of it. We give him all of us. And that is the same thing what I believe that Barnabas was trying to communicate. He's saying, you know, lift up your heart with purpose of heart. Show forth your heart unto the Lord. Give him all of your heart. Give him everything that is within you. Don't hold back. 
Well, I got saved when I was about eight years old. And uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so by the time I became a teenager, I became very rebellious and went into the world and just did everything that I wanted to do. That's just kind of the way that it goes. <laughs> and uh, I, one day, it was the 4th of July, which is a big holiday in America. I, I, I began to do what most people do who are sinners out there and just began to get uh, partying and, and everything else like that. And in the middle of the night, that, that night, all of a sudden I woke up and I felt really weird. I just, oh, I must have drank too much. I just got just to relax, just got to chill out, get some fresh air. And, and I went outside and lived next to the beach and I just began to feel even worse. And I felt my heart was, was beating like really, really fast. What is going on here? There's something that's not right. And so I drank some water and that just made it worse. And I was freaking out because now my heart was just beating so fast and so hard that I, I ran over and, and, I, I, and I woke up my boyfriend at the time and I said, I don't know what's going on here, but, but there's something wrong. And where he was sitting in the bed to where I was, he can actually hear my heart. That's how hard and how, how, how fast that it was beating. And so we, we ran into the hospital and uh, it was about three in the morning or something like that. And I was freaking out. I mean, I really was, you know, I, I, they hooked me up to all these things. I got the EKG going and, and all of these different things. And my heart was beating like 190 something beats wow. per minute. 190 something. And, and, and I'm just thinking, you know, you're, you're so stupid here because my logic was when I, when I disobeyed and I walked away and I rebelled from God, I said, well, I'll get Jesus before I go to heaven because I don't want to go to hell. That was my mentality. Pretty stupid. But that's the youth for you. You know, and so, so I, you know, and, and here I am, and I know that my life is being demanded of me. I, I see that my heart's beating uncontrollably. The doctors don't know what to do. They're, they're running in, back and forth, and looking at the machine and trying to figure out what's going on. The realization of me on the way to hell hits me like that. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, how stupid was I? I could have lived for him. And now I know that if I die in this moment, I'm going to die without him. And I, I just really had a realization of going to hell. And so I, I, I did what most, most people may do, and, and I cried out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I swear, if you would just let me live through this night, if you would just let me live, Lord, I swear to you, I will live for you all the days of my life. I won't live for you halfway like I know some Christians, Lord, but I will live for you all the days of my life. And it's no sooner did I say that than instantly my heart rate began to drop down instantly it began to drop down and the doctors and the nurses came into the into the hospital room and, and they were stunned they looked at the machine and, and they saw that it going down and they looked at my boyfriend and they looked at the machine again they looked at me and then they looked at the machine again and they're just puzzled what happened how did her heartbeat just drop down like that and I had no words whatsoever because I just knew oh Lord God is real God answered my prayer God totally answered me. He totally came through. And I, I couldn't say, oh, I just prayed and God just totally just, I'm all right now, I guess. You know, there's no words that I had on the inside of me, nothing at all. But I just had this immense gratitude and this immense awe that, all right, it's on. And that from that point that I made that vow in my heart, I made a vow to the Lord that I would live for him all the days of my life. And that I told him that, with, that 100%, Lord, that I will live for you. I won't hold back any area of my life. And so it was a vow that even to this day, that is really literally what, what presses me on, what keeps me going, what t sends me into the nations, what sends me into, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an assistant pastor at home and doing all these things, the motivation behind it is because I made a commitment to the Lord that I would serve him with everything within me. 
Even if there's days that it's hard. You know, there's days that you want to quit. Maybe I'm the only one who feels that way. But, you know, there's, there's, sometimes there's days that you want to quit. There's always that remembrance. You made a vow. You have to serve the Lord. You've made a commitment to him. So it's coming to that place of where we make a commitment unto the Lord. It says this. Let me turn over in Acts 14. And in verse 22, it says, Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying that we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. When I was in Bible school, and I was a part of a well-known ministry, and in that time, there, we had some problems that arose. And when I was a part of this ministry, and the, the, the senior leader, he had a moral failure. And during that time, it was just, it was, it was very devastating. It was very shocking. We had a church of over 1,500 people go down overnight to around 600. And then it, we had waves of people that would leave. We had uh, different leadership that people looked to that they considered their spiritual fathers, their spiritual mothers, just abandon and leave uh, and leave the situation. You had scores of people who would just leave and leave and leave. And, there's, and, and each time, there, it was like a wave of people that left. And each time... You, we, you, just, you just, should I go too? Is it time for me to go? Should I go? And there's always something within my spirit and with those that, that, that remain that said, no, we, we will remain and we will continue to do what, continue to be here, continue the support and do what God's asked us to do this day. And we finally had to come to a place, we had to come to a place where no matter what happens, no matter who leaves, unless the Lord speaks, we will remain. You know, because it's so easy to be like, oh, well, uh, Pastor so-and-so left, so that must mean, you know, they, they heard from God, so I better go with them. Or, uh, you know, Susie over here, she left, so it must mean that I'm supposed to go too. Or, uh, you know, this group of people left, or this group left, or this one left, so it must mean that I'm supposed to go. That we, we've got to have a resolve on the inside of us that we live by the Spirit of God. We live by the commandment of God. That we just hold on, that we're, that's, that's making a wholehearted commitment. Because otherwise we're just swayed by people. We're swayed by the opinions of people. We're swayed by the actions of people. We cannot be swayed by people. We are only moved by the word and command of the Lord. So we must hold on to the word of the Lord. Know what he has said and hold on to what he has said. For when trials come, that is what's going to hold you. Hold on to the rock. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to the word and the command of the Lord, and it will take you through to where you need to go. That's making a wholehearted commitment, not a, a, a you know, circumstantial commitment. Well, as long as it's good for me and as long as it's rich and as long as it's blessed and as long as we feel good, then, yeah, I'll go ahead and be committed. But if something, you know, a bit dodgy goes or, or something that's, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, I don't know, uh, okay, I better leave. No, you make a wholehearted commitment to the Lord. And how many of you know, I'm talking more, I'm not just talking about a church, I'm, just, I'm talking about your life commitment, your life commitment to the Lord, your life commitment to what he's called you to do. Amen. So that's the, the first key to increasing your endurance, is making a wholehearted commitment. If you've never made that resolve on the inside of you, that you're going to serve the Lord no matter what happens, no matter if the water's low or the, or the water's high, no matter if it's feast or famine, I'm going to serve the Lord. I encourage you to make that wholehearted commitment tonight, not to hold back, but just to give him everything. He is worth everything. He has done everything for us. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. He empowered us with the spirit. He's one we can trust. 
and trusting him with all of our lives. I want to get into the second, the second key to endurance or how to increase our endurance. And I want us to go into Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. And the, and the second key is this, is focusing on the eternal one. F- keeping focused. Pastor Mike talked about that and, and even just uh, going, going through deliverance and, 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 and how to hear God and just focusing, focusing on him so that you can minister what he's saying. It's very easy once you focus on him. But in our lives, we've got to remain focused on him, focused on eternity. We can't just get so caught up in, in the day the day, but we've got to see the long term that eternity is our future. That eternity, seeing eternal things, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that really, uh, looking at the life of Moses here, this is the essence of endurance. It says this in verse 23. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. He was seeing him who was invisible. I mean, let's, let's get a picture of this situation with Moses. Here's, here's Moses. He's, he's a man that was raised up in, in Pharaoh's household. So what does that make him? That makes him a prince, doesn't it? He was, and so in his position in Pharaoh's household, he had many riches available to him. Anything that he wanted, he could have it at just the snap of his finger. Whatever, whatever woman that he wanted, he could have had at the snap of his finger. Whatever food he wanted, he could have had at the snap of his finger because that was, uh, he was in the royal lineage. He was a part of the royal family. Anything, imagine the lifestyle that Moses could have chose, saying, wow, forget being the the." the a deliverer of Israel, that is way too much work. I'd rather sit here and have someone feed me grapes and I can just do whatever I want. Imagine, come on, think about it. And usually we just think, oh yeah, yeah, Moses was the deliverer, praise the Lord. But really, think about what he laid down because he saw something. There's something he saw beyond his, that, that initial life or what was offered to him, that royalty of what was offered to him, that, that, that power that was offered to him those treasures that were offered to him, the life that he could have lived, the, the, the life he could have chosen because it would have been much easier, much more convenient, but he denied the, ple- the, the passing pleasures of sin. He, he, denied, he denied that life because he saw something in the Spirit. He saw the word of the Lord on the inside of him that said, Moses, I've called you to go and to deliver my people. And so he said he'd rather cast all of Pharaoh's things aside. He said he'd rather cast all of that royal lineage aside, that he may lay hold of the promise of God. That he, he saw God as more important than all of those riches. I don't know how many people, come on, to be honest, who would be willing to sacrifice that lifestyle? We all say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But placed in that position, would we really be willing to sacrifice that lifestyle because we see that God has a promise, he has a call for us? I mean, think about it. A royal lifestyle where he can live plush and 
have whatever he wants, whenever he wants, plenty of riches, plenty of food, plenty of everything. Or he can go into and be a deliverer of Israel where, where they mock him, where, where they gave him a hard time, where there was hardship, where he went into the desert, where, where he spent 40 years in the desert wandering around in the wilderness with the children of Israel. He, he saw the pictures, but he saw beyond, beyond that and into eternity that that is what the Lord has called him to do. So what did that require? That required him to be focused. I'm focusing on the Lord. I'm focusing on what he's called me to do. I'm focusing on the destiny. I'm not thinking just about myself, but I'm thinking about the nation of Israel. I'm thinking about the destiny of the people of God that I must continue going forward. I must go through suffering and persecution and hardship because I know that God has a plan for a people of God. That he was willing to forsake it all. Staying focused. Staying focused. We've got to remain focused on what the Lord, what has he called you to do? What, what is your destiny? What is the things that he has spoken into your heart? Remind yourself of it. Stay focused on the destiny. Stay focused on the promise. Stay focused onto the promiser, onto the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to stay focused. We don't stay focused. It's easy just to get off and get distracted and get caught up in, in, the, in the day of the day. It's easy to get caught up in, in just the things of this world. We must be focused on the eternal one. We've got to stay. We, the unseen world has got to become more real to us than the real world. I mean, if you think about Moses, the, uh, the, the unseen world became more real to him then the, uh, the, the seen world with all of its riches, with all of the glory, with all of those things offered to him, yet he turned it down. He saw something in the spirit. The spirit realm became more real to him. Heaven became more real to him that he was willing to see past everything else. We've got to allow ourselves to live in the spirit, don't we? And I know there's something very much taught in this house. You're living in the spirit so that we can see spiritual things, so that we can see heavenly things, so we can stay focused on the eternal one. We've got to stay focused. You know, the Lord, when I, when I was first coming back to him, he, 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 I was with, as I said, I had a boyfriend of five years. We were living together, and we were actually about ready to get married. We I had the dress. I had everything, everything was ready. We had a date set and everything else like that, and I was just praying, God, you know, what is it you want me to do? What is it that I'm supposed to do with my life? And walking on the beaches and just praying, God, my life is yours. I promised you my life. Whatever it is you want me to do, God, I'm going to do it. Whatever it is, and crying out and just God sovereignly just did all these things in my life, delivered me uh, sovereignly. There's all heaps of deliverance that I just, I, I didn't even know what was going on. But for three days, for no apparent reason, I just began throwing up. And every time I threw up, I felt lighter and I felt freer. And I had no idea. No one taught me about deliverance. And, and I, just, I just feel something stirring. Uh, you know, go run, throw up, and <gasps> I feel good. I feel lighter. What's, what's going on? So for three days, the Lord did that. And, and, and after the end of those, that, those three days, the Lord said this to me, Shelly, if you want to do all that I've called you to do, you've got to cut off this relationship. Wow. Oh, but I already have the cake. I already have this. I already have the dress. I, you know, I have all these things, Lord. You are the let it go if you're the do all that I've called you to do. I said, okay, Lord, I want to fulfill your plan for my life. And so I went, I went to my boyfriend, and I just told him, you know what, we're going in two separate paths. It's just, it's, it's not going to work. And it was very much like a, a scene in Hollywood. I think I can sell my story in Hollywood and maybe make a few bucks off of it because we, you know, here we go walking on the beach and, you know, we just begin to talk about life and, you know, we're just weeks away from getting married and just said, you know what, I, I'm sorry, but, the, you know, I, I couldn't say the Lord told me because I just didn't want to turn him off from the Lord. 
and I just said we're going in two separate paths and it's just it's not going to work out I'm terribly sorry that you know we're, we've gotten this close but it's 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 finished and uh, you know he said okay I understand and you know, we hugged and embraced, and I love you, and he, I walked in one direction, and he walked in another. I mean, it really was like a Hollywood movie when I think about it. I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, but it's like, how could I do that? You know, and especially for a woman. It, usually with women, we tend to be a little bit more emotionally. We'd be more attached, and it's hard to be able to separate out of something like that. Is that I saw something. I saw a promise. I, saw, I made a commitment to the Lord that I would do whatever it is that he's called me to do, that I laid down my life for him, and no sacrifice was too big. And I can tell you, you know, years later, this has been the best decision that I ever made in my life. I, I would probably be back out in the world if I, if I would have held on to that relationship. So, you know, what's the key? is staying focused. When God speaks something to you, when he says something and you're for your destiny, for your future, where he's taking you, that you're willing to go for it. You're willing to lay it all down. You're willing to make whatever sacrifice, where Moses was able to make those sacrifices because he saw the unseen realm as more real to him than what was before him. When God asks us to lay things down, we've got to trust that God, God knows what we need. We think that maybe he doesn't know, but he knows. We can trust in his decision. If, if he tells us to lay something down, we can trust that it's for our good. Amen? Finishing the race. Let me, let me uh, read this since we're in Hebrews 11. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who the joy that was set before him, <laughs> hallelujah, that he, would, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God, that we are to lay aside every weight, every sin. Notice that it's not just saying, Lay aside just sin. It's saying lay, lay aside weight. What is weight? What is that uh, symbolic of? Distractions. We've got to be able to get distractions out of our lives. How easy it is for distractions to come. I mean, think about it. Uh, it, it it's not just sin that ensnares us, but it's distractions that also ensnare us and that, that, keep us from, uh, that causes us to run off a track. You know, what distractions are weighing you down where you're not able to run the race with endurance? You know, we evaluate our priorities because where you spend your time, that's where your priorities are. Where you, where it shows where your priorities are. We've got to lay aside distractions. We've got to get distractions out of our life. And I'm speaking to myself. I, there's times when, you know, you get going and then there's distractions that come. The internet is just about the worst one. And uh, I've got to fast continually from the internet because, you know, you just get going and there's just this highway of information. And so you start reading this article and then you go into Wikipedia and you start researching this. And, and, and then just here you go, there's this trail of research and research and research. And then you finally have to just disconnect and say, wait a minute, this is totally distracting me. It's totally unnecessary for me to know this. So I got to repent daily from the internet just about you know, it's really, but you know, what is it? What's a distraction in your life? What's, what's holding you back from being focused on the Lord? What's holding you back from doing what God's called you to do? Let me give you a, a third key, and this is a good one. When you fail, when you make mistakes, when you stuff up, it's a Kiwi term, right? Stuff up. <laughs> when, you, when you stuff up, don't give up. How many of us give, uh, you know, uh, well, I've already messed up. 
So forget it all, I'm going back into the world. Or forget it all, I just can't do it. Or, or maybe we, we, we stepped out in ministry and, and there was a, you know, maybe it didn't go so successfully. Don't give up. Gosh, if I would have gave up on ministry and the, and the sermons and, and, and preaching and doing all these things, oh man, I could have gave up a long time ago. There's plenty of opportunities to give up. But we got to come into a place that give ourselves permissions to make mistakes. I want to tell you, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to make a mistake. Now, am I endorsing, oh, yeah, you, hey, Shelly just said I can make a mistake, so woohoo, I'm going to go out and do all this stuff. No, I'm not talking like that. You know what I mean. I hope so anyways. <laughs> right? But give yourself permission to step out. Give yourself permission to, to make a mistake that if, if it doesn't go quite the way you think it should, it's all right. It'll be a learning tool in which the Lord can build upon. It's one of the devil's, the trick of the devil is to convince you that you're a failure. Is to convince you that if you step out, you're already going to fail, so don't even try. So then it shuts us down where we decide we're not even going to do anything. We're not going to step out because we don't want to fail. Fear of failure, big one, isn't it? Oh, I'm not going to do anything. Oh, but if I mess up, then, you know, oh, I, you know, uh, I don't want to mess up. So it's better for me not to do anything at all. I like what Pastor Mike says, you know, uh, uh, can I practice on you? You know, can I, can, I, can I practice? Can I pray? It's okay. You can, you can step out. I mean, think about, remember when Jesus was talking to Peter? And, and, and in Luke 22, Jesus says to Peter, he says, he says Peter, uh, uh, you know, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I pray that your faith would not fail. Do you notice that when Jesus was talking to Peter, that Jesus did not say, I pray that you wouldn't fail? Jesus prayed that his faith would not fail. Jesus knew that Peter was going to majorly stuff up and he was okay with it. He said, when you come back to me, when you return to me, strengthen your brethren, strengthen the people of God. So even Jesus allowed Jesus the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he allowed Peter to be able to make a mistake. He allowed room for him to make a mistake so that he can grow and then strengthen people through that which he had learned. The Lord gave him permission. Think about that. Allow that just to sit in your spirit, that Jesus gives you permission. He just says, I pray that your faith would not fail, that your faith, that you would just continue believing in him. Proverbs talks about that when the righteous, man, the righteous man may fall seven times, yet he will what? Rise again. It talks about in, in Psalm 37 that though the righteous may fall, he will not be utterly cast down, for I will uphold him. That the Lord is all about being with us. He is on our side, and he says, you know what? If you make a mistake, if, if you get caught up, if, you, if things don't quite work out the way that it is, it's all right, I'm with you, I'll stand you up, I'm for you, I'll clean you up, I'll restore you, I'll make you whole, I'll cleanse you, and then we'll keep going on. That's good news. That, that, that gives us freedom. There's freedom in Christ. 
Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty to move in the things of God. There is liberty to step out. There is liberty to live life. And that we don't have to just stand over here, hold back. Well, I just got to make sure, you know, everything's in order. I got to make sure that my life is right with God. I've got to make sure that I'm praying 10 hours a day. I've got to make sure that I'm reading, you know, six hours a day and sleeping two hours a day. And then after I get that down really good, then I can finally step out. Come on, how realistic is that? You know, God can do more in, in 15 minutes of prayer of your intently giving your heart, giving him everything, than he can in you trying to labor in prayer 10 hours. It's not about works. It's about grace. He has graced you. He's empowered you. And he will work and, and give you what he needs in even those 15 minutes. Now, when we have more time, of course we give it to him because we love him and it's a relationship. And, oh, I love the Lord. I love spending time with him. I love worshiping him and praising him. But I also love serving him. I love going into the nations. I love preaching the gospel. I love seeing people get set free. I love seeing people come to the Lord. I love seeing people get baptized in a bathtub out in the Gobi Desert. I mean, it's, it's the best thing ever. But if I would have allowed my shortcomings, if I would have allowed my mistakes, I never would have saw those things. I never would have been able to do those things. So we make mistakes along the way. But when we make mistakes, don't give up. The one thing that you can walk away from tonight, this message, is not giving up. It's keep pressing in. There's many hard things that come at us. There are many tribulations must we enter the kingdom of God. But we must keep pressing on. We must keep going forward. We must keep our focus on him. Keep going into the things of God. Keep Pressing into him. Never give up. Never, never, never give up. Never give up. Let me give you the, the last key. The fourth key to endurance is this, and we can find it in Philippians. If I can find Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> See, I won't go on too long tonight. It's a Sunday night, and, you know, there's a, there's a proverb. I, sh I shared it, actually, with Kalinda today. And it says this, that blessed is the guest preacher who keeps their sermon so short, for they will be invited back. <laughs> so that's one that sticks with me. So in, in, in Philippians 3, and in verse 14, it says this. It says, I press toward the goal... For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That there, that there is a prize giving. There is a prize that waits ahead of us for those who endure. You notice throughout the scripture when Jesus was speaking, Jesus constantly said, those who endure shall be saved. Those who endure shall be saved. That there's something to be said for those who are willing to endure. How do we get endurance? We've got to go through some things. We've got to go through some hardships. We've got to stand through some things. We've got to press through some things to be able to endure. So there is a prize awaiting those who endure. That was the motivation of Paul's life when he said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, many of us can be quite religious about it and say, oh, I'm not in it for a prize. I don't want a prize. I, 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 I just want to get to heaven. Come on. If, if he's offering us a prize, take it. 
If he says there is, there is crowns that are awaiting you, there is a prize that is awaiting you, why not that be a motivating factor? It's not that bad. How, we always get motivated when there's prizes involved, isn't there? We do. You know, maybe it's a, a you know, hey, if we have this offering, if you put in this much money, we're going to give you a free something. Most of us who want to give, oh, okay, free something's coming, I'm going to give, right? Or, or, or somewhere else, so there's a free this. We, you know, there's always a motivation at, at the end of a race. If, if we do this race for fun, we're going to receive this prize. There's always something that motivates us. There's something that motivates us to do something that may be a little bit uncomfortable, that may be a little bit difficult, but we know if we get to the end of it, we're going to receive something. So we press through and we press on. Focusing on a prize is not such a bad motivator. God has get, is, is the ultimate motivator in our lives, and he says, I, I will give you a prize. There is something in heaven awaiting you. There is, uh, there is uh, a treasure in heaven awaiting those who will endure, uh, awaiting those who will keep pressing into me, those who will keep on pressing towards the high call, those who will fully yield themselves to me, those who will keep on pressing and coming after me and pursuing me, pursuing my call. Press towards the high call of God for the prize of God awaits you. The Bible says that he is a what? A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of those who pursue him, who go after him. He desires to reward you. He is a rewarder. He is a prize giver. It's okay to take a prize. It's okay to pursue the prize of God, who run the race, who fulfill the call of God upon their lives. That's, that's my motivation when I, I'm going into the nations and, and flying, you know, spending countless hours in airplanes and, 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 and times in airports and doing all of these things. Why? Because I'm focused on the prize. I'm focused on what God has called me to do. And he said that he would call me into nations. And there are certain things that he has spoken that I will do in nations. And so I go because I desire to pursue the high call of God. I desire to complete the race well. I desire to do all that he's called me to do. I want to go, when I meet my Lord Jesus, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the words, that's, that's my goal. That's my, what I'm longing for. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, and the thing is with this, with an endurance. You notice an endurance run is different than a sprint run. A sprint run, you go hard out as fast as you can, and it's for a short distance. An endurance run is something that uh, you're not going as fast as you can because you'll burn all your energy and you won't be able to make it. You've got to pace yourself. You've got, to, uh, you, you've got to know where your body's at and, you know, everything else. I'm not an endurance runner, uh, but, but I know from talking to different ones and some friends of mine that are actually triathlon, they, they do triathlons and different things that, you know, that you've got to set yourself. You've got to position yourself. You've got to train yourself that you will be able to complete that triathlon, that you will be able to, the, with that endurance, be able to complete. So it's not necessarily the speed that we go. It's not about, oh, right, uh, oh, yeah, I want a prize. I want to do all these things, so I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to do everything, and we just get all worked up, and we're trying, you know, just as hard as we can and as fast as we can. Got to move faster. Got to do more. Got to go in more nations. Got to do all these things, and then we burn out. We went too hard, right? But it's pacing ourselves. It, 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 the Lord is not so much concerned on the speed that we go, but his emphasis happens to be on faithfulness. 
The emphasis is on being faithful with what he's given you. Being faithful. There's a, there's a kid's story. Maybe uh, most of you would be familiar with it as well. With the tortoise and the hare. Are you guys familiar with that story? Yeah? You know, and, and so what is it about the tortoise and the hare? You know, the hare was, uh, you know, he, he, he eggs on this, this tur- tortoise and says, come on, let's, let's, let's race. I got you. I know I'm, I'm, I'm fast. I got nice slinky legs. I got long legs. I, I know that I can get you. You're just a, sh- a, a small little turtle. You can't do much. And the turtle said, all right, sure. I'll, 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 go, I'll go. I'll run with you on this one. And so, so they, they're at the starting line, and then they go. And, and most of you know the story. The, the rabbit splint, uh, just sprints off. And he, he just leaves that turtle in the dust. And, and he's way ahead of him. And he says, you know what? I have so much time on my hand. I got this thing in the bag. It's easy. You know, I, I'll, just, I'll just go lounge around. And he went and, and, he went and sat down. And he, and he just sit there. And meanwhile, while he's sitting there, the, the turtle's still, you know, he's just going, 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 going. And as he's going, he begins to pass by the rabbit. And the rabbit what the heck? How did he get here? I better get on the ball. And he started running, but he ran it, or he ran ahead of him again, didn't he? And then the turtle just kept on going and going and going and going. The rabbit, he passes the rabbit again. And it's two or three times in the story. But the turtle ends up crossing the line because the rabbit thought he was doing so well, he was, he was so fast, he was so talented, he was so gifted that he can make time to, for a pit stop. He could make time for a distraction. Meanwhile, the turtle wasn't fast, but he was steady. Slow and steady ran the race. So it's not about, you know, you know like this message would uh, inspire you or, or encourage you about you just, oh, you know what, okay, I'm going to run. I got to go out there. No, pace yourself. Make, make, you know, positive steps in each of these areas. First, the first key is making that wholehearted commitment unto the Lord, that you give your life to him without any kinds of reservations. Second, the second one. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord, that we, that we focus on you, that we focus on the Lord. That's our, our second key is staying focused on him, not allowing distractions to get in our way, not allowing uh, the weights of this world or the weights of circumstances, the weights of life to get in the way. The third key is that when, when we fail, when we make mistakes, that we won't give up, that we'll keep on pressing in, knowing that it's okay. Jesus is with us. He comes to cleanse and restore us. And then the fourth is the prize. There is a prize that awaits those who will continue to serve him, that will continue being faithful in what he's given to us. Why don't we just stand to our feet? Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for just endurance. And Lord, we desire to have endurance in our lives. And Father, I just pray that you would just enlarge this word on the inside of us and that you would just continue to speak into our hearts just the the need. We recognize our need for endurance. Lord, we want to reach the end of our race, and we want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to know that, that we have done all that we've known to do, Father. So we thank you for these areas in our lives. We thank you 
uh, just for increasing our endurance, Lord. We thank you for uh, just, just everything that you are working in us, everything that you are doing in front of us, Lord God. And, Lord, we pray that we, there would uh, be an expansion of endurance, Lord, and that even that, the revelation, Lord, that you have given to me and, and the endurance, Lord, that you have placed on the inside of me that has been developed in me, Lord God, Lord, that I just release it over this house in Jesus' mighty name, that endurance that the Lord has given me, the capacity to keep pressing through difficult times, difficult situations, trials and tribulations, that endurance, that grace, it is a grace, it is a grace, it is a grace. Let that grace just be released in this house. The grace of endurance. The grace of endurance. Let it be released in Jesus' name. And let it be released in Jesus' name. Endurance released. Released, released. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that release of endurance. That release of going through difficult times. Of going through tribulations that there will be that endurance that grace it is a grace it is not in our own efforts it's not something that we have to strive for yeah there's keys that i shared tonight but it's it's a grace in romans in romans 5 verse 2 it says the grace it is it is a grace of endurance receive that grace of endurance in jesus name thank you father thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus